It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by our friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. Check them out online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Remember, there's four locations in East Tennessee to serve you. Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Kingston Pike, Sevierville. That location on Kingston Pike is uh, down uh, just down from Trader Joe's on the other side of the street. So be sure and check them out. That's Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted and health trusted health and wellness store. Be sure and check them out online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. With Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Glad to have you along with us on this mailbag edition. Guys, we'll jump right into the questions. Uh, not surprising, there's quite a few uh, recruiting questions, a lot of transfer questions lining up in this podcast. So here we go. Um, Deshaun 13, stock up, stock down, educated guess on next year. 22 roster, 23 recruiting, 22 transfer, transfer portal recruiting. You're going stock up on this roster next year? Stock down, stock stagnant. Where are you going on the right? I guess he's saying compared to this year. What do you what do you think about this roster? Who's here, right? Yeah, I mean, he's handing Hooker back. It's, you know, I mean, again, I think Cedric Tillman's ninety percent coming back. But when you're a receiver and your quarterback potentially leaves, that could give you pause. So again, what there's a trickle down effect from Hendon Hooker. So uh, for me. You know, I'm going stock stagnant on that. I'm going stock up on 23 recruiting, and I'm going stock stagnant on the transfer portal. Because again, I think most of the guys Tennessee will go after will go will, will be in the portal later. Here's the deal: look at all the players that that you know Tennessee added over the last nine ten months. Several of them were or post spring or or in the spring, much less you know December. So I think you know a long way to go with the portal stuff. Yeah, I mean, Rob, don't you think that guys who jump in the portal early um, are probably trying to see, know that they may have to work to get some options out there? Whereas if it's a guy who's going to go in the portal who's been super productive, knows he's going to have, you know, a whole bunch of options in front of him so he can he can go at a later date if he wants to. I mean, to me, the guys who are going now are trying to find a spot. You know, the guys who are not playing trying to find a spot. That's what it feels like to me, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, the guys, I mean, like Harrison Bailey, I mean, he, great example of that, I, I think. And then I think you have, I mean, I think you get a different wave that aren't happy with where things stand after spring practice, you know, to see the writing on the wall. And, and, you know, I think that's a whole, that's a whole nother portal season. I mean, I and think you, got, and you got the coaching change season too, right? Yep. I mean, playing time in the fall, coaching change in the winter. Where you, where you are in the depth chart after spring practice, kind <laughs> of three, three different phases. The three the three seasons of transfer portal coverage. Oh, in college football fun. Um, Anthrum wants to know if you had to make a guess, who are the DBs Tennessee ends up with in this class when it's all said and done? No transfer answers needed. Just who are they recruiting in the high school and JUCO ranks? Austin been pretty active in the JUCO ranks with a couple of kids. Also yeah, I mean, in, in pretty good shape with a couple of high school kids, right? Yeah, Keontae Scott, uh, he'll be here officially this weekend. Um, everybody's after that kid, though. I mean, they, they, if you land him, then you beat out some of the best programs in college football for him. Um, then you got Marquise Gilbert. 
his team won last week, so that means he'll come in for the Vanderbilt game in a couple of weeks. Um, and, and then, you know, JUCO rank-wise, you know, they're going to go – or not JUCO, uh, the high school ranks. Uh, they're going to go with, you know, different guys, Jeremiah Caldwell, um, Jordan Thomas, Cody Jones, uh, just to name a few. Yeah, Cody Jones from Memphis committed to Michigan, but Tennessee's – they've been chopping some wood there. We'll, we'll see if they can get him on campus, right? I mean, yes, that's the, sooner, that's the, rather, sooner rather than later. Yeah, if they can get him on campus, then that one I think suddenly gets more real than just the conversations that have been taking place for the last couple of months on that one. Uh, his second question, gut feel on if Hendon Hooker leaves for the NFL. Rob, you got a gut? I mean, I think it's – no, I mean, I don't think you can say right now. It's just all – it's going to all depend 100% on what kind of feedback he gets. I totally expect him to, you know, take advantage of, of the opportunity to get, you know, information from the NFL and – like we said the other night, I think the, I think the fact that he would be a six-year player and a 24-year-old kid on his first, you know, a lot of rookies would be through their first contract, you know, by the time he would be hitting the NFL. So I think I think that's going to be a factor. But I think it just all depends on what he hears in, in January from the advisory committee. Yeah, I mean, like Saturday, it's a perfect game. You're playing the number one team in the country. Everybody's watching. If he goes and plays well make some good throws against that defense, make some plays, that's, a, that's, that's probably not a good thing for the Vols. <laughs> Chances to keep him around. And again, um, I, mean, I, I, I really think the age thing will influence him, whereas, you know, if it's a junior and you get a six-round grade, you might, you know, it's worth my while to come back. But if you're, a, you know, a six-year senior, I think you might think differently. Yeah, unless the Kenny Pickett, you know, the situation with him, I mean, at, at Pittsburgh, he made the wise decision. Now, part of that was due to the fact that it was such a deep quarterback class a year ago. Uh, but, I mean, that was the guy who was projected as a third or fourth round pick at best in last year's draft. And I think we all agree he's probably going to go somewhere late first of somewhere in the second round, maybe the first quarterback taken off the board. Um, so that one worked out in his favor. But this is a different draft class. I mean, there's not the depth of the quarterback position that there was a year ago, it made perfect sense for, for Pickett to come back and, and he made the best choice because he's going to make more money as a result of it. So um, I, I think it's, you know, what that advisory committee, and listen, we've all talked to Hendon Hooker, Austin, you, you did Tennessee prime, but he's not going to make an emotional decision here. I mean, it's going to be very calculating and very um, thought out. I think when he makes whatever decision he makes. Yeah. He's very mature. I, I agree. I think he'll take his time. He'll consult people. He'll talk to people. He'll lean on his family. He'll lean on his dad. You know, um, you know, if you saw the piece that Marty Smith did on game day, I, I, yeah, I mean, I would be shocked if he makes any kind of, you know, rush to judgment decision. Um, would expect him to, you know, use all resources possible to come to the best decision. All right. His last two questions. Do you think Tennessee is redshirting Callaway? and gut feel on pass rushers and D linemen that might end up in this class. Um, I mean, I think it's on Callaway to get on the field. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's a plan there to, to do you, do you have a sense there's a plan to redshirt him or that's the uh, reason why uh, he hasn't played? Well, you know, I, he missed that first game of the year. Um, and then he, he, he played against Pitt, Tennessee Tech, Florida. Hasn't been seen since. So technically. He could play in one more game and still redshirt. The bowl game. Interesting. Maybe when you start putting it all together, okay. it would make some sense. Yeah, Rob, you were going to say? I was going to say, man, I thought, I mean, Hoppel got asked about him a few weeks ago, and I talked about it on the podcast, I think it was last week, and I thought he made it. I mean, reading it, it wasn't hard. For, I didn't think to read between the lines and 
and get the impression that it was all about practice habits. I mean, they're playing, what, five guys at wide receiver, if, if you count Ramel Keaton? I mean, Hyatt's playing. I don't count Ramel Keaton. Well, but I mean, he's getting snaps. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's getting a hand. He's at I mean, least he's giving somebody a, a blow. Yeah, I mean, he's getting a he's getting a dozen or so. I mean, basically, they're playing. Ramel Keaton's got the Cedric Tillman treatment from when Jeremy Pruitt was the head coach. <laughs> I mean, they, they well, got, they're block. They got three that they're playing a bunch of snaps. Hyatt's snaps have gone up, and, and then they're playing Keaton a little bit. That's it. That, that's that's what I mean, they're I, doing. I just think with depth purposes, I, I mean, I, I think if he was giving them what they wanted, that they would play him. I don't think in this day and age, you redshirt kids like that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is, I mean, if 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 Vailus Jones can handle the slot, you know, do, do, would you get enough snaps out of him to justify it? I, I don't know. I don't know that Callaway would be. He might be interested in redshirting at this point in the season because he hasn't played. You know, it would it would make some sense for him now. So we'll see where he's at at the end of the year, where that goes from there. Um, Austin, gut feeling on pass rushers and D linemen that end up in this class. <sighs> you know, I think things have started to trend up with. Um... With Joshua Josephs, uh, James Pierce, again, they like him a lot. I think he likes Tennessee, but, again, he's got stuff to do, uh, some work to do off the, you know, off the field. And, and then, you know, you look at um, a guy like, you know, DeMario Tolan, he's not in the same breath as because he plays a little bit different position, um, but still a guy that can is athletic and get to the quarterback. And then, and then the, the Juco kid from Independence, right? Yeah, Jeffrey Umbaugh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, ten- I mean, I, I, that's a guy they've recently offered. I think Tennessee likes him a good bit. I mean, well. To me, he's a different guy than than the other guys, though. Like they're more speed, and he's more power. Yeah, well, he, he said pass rushers and defensive linemen. Oh yeah, I, okay, I, threw, I threw I threw him in there because he's an interior guy. I, I think um, they'll they'll, you'll, they'll go to the portal quite a bit, though. Yeah, I think they would try. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing more of of Deshaun Terry or DJ Terry and No Latrell Bumpus last week. Doubt that he plays this week. That's a possible redshirt candidate that they could get back next year. That would help them with some inside depth if that's the way that that thing plays out um, the rest of the season. So um, we'll, we'll see there. Um, UT Volunteers 1618 uh, wants to podcast on Spotify and also wants to know, uh, do you think likelihood of portal success decreasing a little when the needs shift more towards bigger guys, non-skilled players. Is it harder to find big, big quality bodies in a transfer portal than it will be to find running backs and receivers? Sure, because there's it, there's just more running backs and receivers. More people are at that position. Um, more people can play at that position, and you know uh, those type positions have more of that prima donna like attitude towards it. Not every kid, okay. I'm a, but like I think there's a more lot kids of are going to trans. More kids are going to be in the portal with those positions. Is what yeah, because of that attitude, it, it, you know, or thought process. You know, I mean, a lot of the kids that are played running back and and receiver are uber confident, and so you know, if they're not playing, you know, like they want to play, it's real easy for them to jump in the portal. Linemen are different. It's, is it, it, Rob? I mean, is it? I think it would be harder to. Get I, mean, I don't say guess, but to evaluate a lineman who's not been playing, you know what I mean? Like, like you can watch a kid's even a kid's if a kid's a receiver and he's not been playing much, you can still watch his high school tape and you can tell if he's fast or what he is. But a lineman, it's hard to see kind of what's prevented development from get, him getting on the field unless it's a high profile guy who's a starter who's decided to transfer. You, you know what I mean? I, I think it's yeah, a little. But- 
I mean, I, I mean, I would think that coaches would lean on each other. I mean, even if the, even if you're working at rival schools, I mean, you know this better than I do. The coaching, the coaching fraternity is. A, I mean, it's everybody knows everybody, and you know, I think you, you probably have coaches that can pick up the phone and call just about any program in the SEC, and they've got a buddy that you know they either worked with or you know, so who's going to tell them the truth? Yeah, you know? that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I thought Rob was going to break out in that country song. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Um, next question, guys. First, I'm wondering if you guys can give an update on who the Vols might be prioritizing currently in the portal, not just positions, but possibly names. Again, as we said off the top, I, I don't know that there's guys in the portal yet that Tennessee's heavily involved in or going to be heavily involved well, in. AP, hey, hey, show, show them that list of names you, 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 you showed me earlier on a piece of paper. <laughs> No names on a sheet of paper. Uh, again, I mean, it's early. I know it doesn't feel early, but it, but it's early. I, I think I think the moving in the transfer portals for Tennessee. You, got, you do have Josh Jacobs' brother, the running back from Maryland, who Tennessee's who's, who Tennessee's been evaluating. Yeah, but I mean, where does that go or does it go? You know, who knows? But but we'll we'll see. There there's one name there, but in terms of a laundry list of names, I, I don't know about. I don't think Tennessee's got a laundry list of names right now. No, because uh, I think they would rather wait on the kids that are playing, finishing out their year, and then saying, you know, I've got a year or two left. I'd like to go someplace that's got a little more juice or, or a better situation or go to the SEC to play or whatever. I mean, look at Caleb Tremblay. I mean, he, wanted, he, he just wanted to come to the SEC. Right. You know, I mean, that'll be some kids. Yeah, it, it will be. Well, and, like, uh, and like Hubbard mentioned, coaching season. And not just head coaching changes, but if a kid's real close with his position coach. Yep. Yep. And that and, trickle down effect doesn't roll into roll into play, you know, a lot of times till January, February. Yeah. You know, uh, or certainly early part of January. So, um, I, you know, it's it's just it's a little early for all that activity. Um, East Schaefer, ninety two, with poor safety play this season, is that a position they could possibly address in the portal this off season? If not, what is that position group like in the twenty two season? Uh, I, I think Christian Charles, you know, when he gets healthy, I think he's one of Tennessee's safeties. I, I think if he had stayed healthy, Rob, I believe he would be a, he would be a starter or would be in heavy, heavy rotation at the safety spot. I'd like to think so. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but I mean, he to me that was something that I, I would have looked hard at getting him some playing time from just from what we saw early on. Yeah. Um, Elsewhere, you know, what does McDonald look like? You know, where, where's, you know, where's McCullough and Flowers? I mean, both those guys will be back. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that that's going to be a portal-heavy position, you know, Austin, because they've got needs at some other places. But, again, how many guys are, can they take in this portal depends on how many of the super seniors come back as well. I mean, everybody just assumes Tennessee's going to have this, you know, wide-open spots for all these guys in, in the portal – um, you know, seven guys or whatever. That just may not be the case. Depends on who all's coming back and what that what those numbers look like when it, when it's all said and done. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, I think they would prefer to go, you know, with, with either prep guys or JUCO guys. Um, but, you know, they do have people coming back in the secondary. I mean, they they've got to continue to to add depth there. But I mean, it's not like you know you're talking about all kinds of just empty holes. You know, Alante's a guy that could come back, but I mean, like, I just. I don't know. Part of me just doesn't see him coming back. Yeah, I would be surprised. It would surprise me. That's just a gut feel, but it would surprise me if he ends up coming back. Where does a guy like Rucker play? 
long term? Is he a corner? Is he a safety? Is he a star? They've had it. They've had him working a corner. Yeah. So you, know, you never know what his body does, you know, with a year in the offseason program and, and where their, their combination, their best four guys are, you know, next year. Uh, Sports Medball wants to know, as deep as Georgia is on defense, how many times do we see defenders lay down Saturday so they can sub, especially if Tennessee is moving the ball? It's that last line, if Tennessee's yeah. moving the ball, man. Can, can, can Tennessee move the ball? They might not lay down at all. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, part of me thinks that you know that 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 will be very sporadic if they do. I don't. It will be to the extent that Lane and them do it. No, yeah, no, I think, no. I mean, I, I agree where they have numbers. a call. Jam fourteen. Jam fourteen. I, Number I think fourteen it, lays I, down. Jam thirty three. Thirty three lays down. However, you might have said this Monday night. I, I just on the Tuesday podcast. I just don't think Tennessee could drive it on them, but I do think they'll hit some big plays. Yeah, um, and, and look, I mean, there may be a couple times where, you know, Georgia gets caught in a sub and somebody might, you know, might might do that. But, I mean, you know, Alabama, it's the same defense, and, and Alabama didn't didn't flop around. So, I, I would – I don't expect Georgia to be doing much of that. Um, interesting, Josh Heupel said on ball calls Wednesday night that that's something uh, – somebody called in and asked him about all the cramping that was taking place in college football this season late in the year. And uh, he just said that's something that had to be addressed in the offseason. So we'll see what, what everybody's addressing or, or what the suggestions are going to be to address that issue in college football um, moving forward because I think it's certainly on the minds of everyone at this point in the season. Uh, Smokey Govals, after watching the Hyatt play down the sideline Saturday, do you think that the ball's momentum carried him to the sideline or is he trying to do too much? That play should have been six. Uh, which bowl outside of the Florida Bowls would be the most beneficial for Heupel's first year in terms of fan excitement, recruiting, program momentum, et cetera? I heard Cade say on Tennessee Prime that he wanted the Music City Bowl. That stadium would be packed with easy accessibility. Here's my take on the Hyatt play. He didn't catch it cleanly. And because he didn't catch it cleanly, he stumbled. And when he stumbled, he stumbled himself to the, you know, to, to stepping out of bounds. If he catches it cleanly there, then it's a – I mean, he's sprinting down the sideline. I, I think it was more of him stumbling, not catching the ball cleanly, than the ball drifting him or taking him, you know, too far down the sideline or too far to the boundary. That's my take. Everybody agrees. Okay. Uh, which bowl game uh, would, would you say is best for Tennessee? Do you agree the Music City makes the most sense for, from, for, for everything? If, if it's not Florida, um, yeah, probably. It makes it easy. Um, I, I do think anything in the state uh, is good. I, you know, Memphis or, or or Nashville, just based off the fact that, you know, you can continue to recruit, you know, uh, indirectly um, during that time. Having, you know, having Tennessee and all the orange in the city of Memphis or in the city of Nashville. Uh, Birdman to Texas wants to know, barring a question from Angel's show, how do each of you define success against Georgia Saturday, considering that winning is an extreme long shot? Rob, we'll start with you. I mean, I hate to <laughs> set the bar so low, but I mean, scoring 20 points, don't get blown out. You know, at least, you know, have, have a pulse coming out of halftime. My favorite is the fact that we, we have this, this question exists and, you know, there'll be people on the board that, they're it's it's as black and white as win and loss, you know. And if they lose, it's oh, we lost. 
You know, I mean, that, that, that goes on every game, like Florida. What do you mean, Gun? Retrospect, the way Florida's played the last month, sure. But people were saying the same stuff at Alabama. I mean, like, you know, we got to get over moral victories. I agree. I mean, like, you know, you can't hang on to that forever. But, I mean, this team is playing with less than any team's played uh, with in a long, long time around here. Um, don't cover being, you know, empty um, when Josh Heupel came in. So, um, you know, success, I'm with Rob. I mean, be there like you were with Alabama. Can you hang around and be close late, you know, midway part of the second half, which is the start of the fourth quarter? I mean, you were a seven-point game at the start of the fourth quarter in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, this is a Georgia team that's not trailed at the half. There's only been two games where they did not have double-digit lead at the half. Uh, nobody's been within them. So, can, can as Rob said, can you get this ball game in the second half, and, and can you hang around? Um, I don't know, but I mean that that would be, you know, that would be a victory for me. Tennessee matching them physically would, would be, you know, would, would be a win as well. Um, so, that again, I know nobody wants to hear the moral victory thing, and and that's not what anybody's touting. But uh, you want to show, you know, that you're closer to them than than three touchdowns, which is what Vegas says you're going to lose by on Saturday. Uh, Peyton for Prez wants to know, NIL, can kids sell their own jerseys or is there some central company that could do that? Seems like a great way to help the players out. Not game-worn jerseys necessarily. Mainly <clears throat> mean, can Cade sell 68 Tennessee jerseys or can Jalen Hyatt sell an 11 jersey, et cetera? Well, no, they can't sell them themselves. But what Michigan has done is, you know, make it possible for – you know, you'd go in and buy your custom jersey that has Hendon Hooker on it with a number five on it, and the kid gets a portion of that money. Um, I think that's something you're going to see more and more schools do. I think Tennessee needs to get on board with that because I think ultimately recruits want to hear that, and uh, I'm sure the current players do too. So, And, and um, frankly, it should have been happening forever. Yeah. You know, I mean, school prof- profiting off – I mean, that, that's, that to me is a no-brainer. Yeah, I would, I, mean, I, would a, I would agree, even pre-NIL. That, that, that should have been a percentage thing, and whether it was just in a, in a big pot that there was some distribution evenly across the board for every kid in your program or, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of five basketball jerseys that were sold that, that were all about Chris Lofton. And, and Chris, Chris Lofton, Lofton never, never saw it done. Yeah. Now, what you guys don't know is for your early Christmas gift, I got Hubs a number nine jersey. I got Rob a 95 jersey. Hubs' last name will be Picks. Rob's will be or GTFO. And that will be that will be uh, the Christmas present. And we'll have you guys stand side by side. I got you a number nine that says Savage on the back. <laughs> uh, I Heart Balls wants to know, based on Austin's comments, it appears the coaching staff likes uh, Walter Nolan as a prospect but doesn't think the talent is worth the accompanying drama. That said, is Nolan more important from a talent position of need perspective or a perceptions perspective? Uh, which player flipping UT would turn the heads of more prospects who are not currently committed to UT, Nolan or Ty Simpson? Where is Marlon Walls, and is he involved in Nolan's recruitment? Austin, uh, Marlon's, not, Marlon's not involved in his recruitment anymore. Marlon lives in Knoxville, um, but he, he's not been super involved in that since they left uh, – Memphis, um, I think it's both. I mean, I think that he can help you on the field, and I think he helps you perception-wise because you're landing a you know a top five player nationally by all services. Um, as far as who would be the be- better or the bigger flip, 
I would go Ty Simpson, uh, you know, simply based off the fact that I think quarterback – I get it's a line of scrimmage league, but at the end of the day, it's a quarterback's game, Hubs. Like, when you're good at quarterback, it changes everything. So, um, you know, you know, ultimately, you know, they've not talked to Ty Simpson at this point. So, it doesn't really matter what it is. But I'm just saying if you're looking at it and you're asking me to answer the question, and I know everybody's going to, you know, analyze everything I've said right here, don't. I'm just saying simply it's a quarterback league. It's a quarterback game. If you're good at quarterback, it can cover up so many deficiencies, period. And traditionally, quarterbacks are better peer recruiters than other positions. Um, but because yes. because of their reckon, – they recognize the need for help. You know, um, I mean, Peyton Manning is not the only quarterback to go out and recruit other players to, to the school they're committed to. So um, uh, that's part of it as well. Um Joe Boo wants to know, we have discussed for weeks that we have a lack of talent, speed at the safety position. My question is, do we have the answers currently on the roster? I think we've already hit on that a little bit. Are our quality safety is going to have to be obtained through recruiting and in the portal? Uh, obviously, Rob, they've got to upgrade their speed, um, you know, moving forward. I think that's just – I think that's the bottom line. I like Christian Charles, but they've got to continue to, to recruit and upgrade their speed um, in, in the back end of this, of this defense in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think Charles is a player. I mean, I think he's a plug-and-play guy when, he, when he's healthy next year. But after, after that, I don't know. I mean, I don't think – don't you think the jury's still out on Tamari McDonald? Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't know speed-wise if there's a dramatic difference between him and, and, and where you're at at safety right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, think, I think, you know, Tennessee's safeties now, if they were more instinctive, would look faster. You know, I, I don't know that they're always the most instinctive or have been the most instinctive guys at times back there uh, in their career. But um, I, I don't know that they're – I don't know how fast McDonald is compared to – Or is it? Or Flower. Or, or is it? Yeah, I don't know. He's not played enough, you know, to, to see at this point um, because clearly Willie Martinez feels most comfortable playing one and 22 back there. And, um, as, for, and as for Joe Boohubs, we really appreciate him buying my meal that night at Walk-On's. Good dude, super good dude, and uh, any of those other Volquesters want to take me to dinner? <laughs> let me know. So, so let me get this right. You've just, you've just, you're, you've been working the golf course. You're, you're going to take it from getting on top ten golf courses in in the country to now you're just wanting people to randomly buy you dinner. Listen, I walked into the Ultawa Chick Fil A on I mean, Thursday night. I mean, does the word mooch come to mind, Austin? Hey, listen, Hubs. At the end of the day. Um, you know, Mooch. they get the nugs when they when they when they buy me the food or the golf. So, um, you know, I walked into the Chick Fil A in Ottawa. Did they do and, extra crispy nuggets? And, and no, they don't do that at Chick Fil A anymore, Hubs. Um, welcome to the uh, 2022. Um, You're the only person I know that orders them that way. So, <laughs> so uh, Volquester, who is a uh, who's, who's one of the guys there that run the Chick Fil A, buys my meal. Appreciate him as well. My, my point is, you want you want the nugs? Buy me the meal. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, terrible. All right, D Mike, D Mike ninety six. Any thoughts on how our style of offensive play may impact our offensive line recruiting? You think any way it's negative on recruit? I don't I don't see it that way, but maybe I'm wrong. You are, are you negative? kidding me? Uh, offensive linemen that have their feet up over there while the the uh, defensive linemen come back to the sidelines like. Um, Marv trying to get Harry's attention when the bricks are being thrown at him at home alone, going, 
<laughs> you know, After they played I mean, 90 snaps. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's not the most physical style, but but they run the ball effectively. Uh, Rob, I don't think it works against Tennessee in any way there. I don't think so. I mean, that's a, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I don't I, I think don't. so. I mean, maybe, you know, some guys might, you know, joke about having to, you know, get back and line up so quickly. But it's they're not like receivers. It's not like they ran a go route. I mean, they had to. You know, they've got to run three or four yards to get back to the line of scrimmage, most, you know, unless it was a big play and, and set up quickly. All right, last three we'll get to here. Deshaun, 13. Uh, who are some inside linebackers Tennessee's got a shot at? You got anything on the linebacker board, Austin? Uh, right. DeMario Tolan can play inside. Um, yeah, he can play both inside and out. But that's, you know, they're very happy with Elijah Herring and Caleb Perry. Um, Almighty Otto, are we pursuing Evan Stewart, the highly rated wide receiver out of Texas, whose whole family no. went to the University of Tennessee? No, Tennessee's not. Yeah, a he, 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 he didn't finish his. Down. He didn't finish his senior year of high school. There's some something strange going on there. I don't know what. And final question: Black uniforms Saturday. Uh oh. Yes. We. I can have me other languages. You want me to answer it in? <laughs> so, so you got it. You got it happening, right, AP? Yes. All right. So we'll we'll see what uh, Tennessee drops on the social media uh, with the uniform combo. But uh, dark mode, dark mode, according to Austin Price. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com mailbag podcast presented by Smoky Mountain Organics. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest mailbag podcast. Every week, right here on VaultQuest.